Welcome to episode 74 of the Ben Briggs podcast. I am Ben Briggs. It's Saturday, people. Saturday, the 18th of January, 2020. And uh, holy shit, we're fucking doing it on time. It's 10 o'clock at night. Bang on 10 o'clock at night on Saturday, the 18th of January. And um, I'm back on track, people. I'm back on track. And therefore, in a bit of a chipper mood as well, um, I was meant to have a gig tonight. That got cancelled. Well, it wasn't, I hadn't heard anything. This is what happens, people. This is what happens within the comedy world. I hadn't heard anything about the gig. I was booked in for it months ago. I emailed the geezer today and he goes, ah, three weeks ago, uh, I gave up running that gig and handed it over to somebody else. Have they not contacted you? No, mate. Of course they haven't. Of course, I haven't contacted you. I wouldn't be fucking emailing you now, would I? Hey. Anyway, apart from that, I'm a bit chipper because I've actually fucking cracked on with my decorating today. I know, people, it's been going on three months. Three fucking months I've been decorating my bedroom, doing a little bit at a time, day in, day out, every day, and it's getting there. I'm starting the fucking white, the skirting boards and the fucking doors tomorrow. Two coats of white. That's all I fucking need to do. And we're there, people. The fucking Sistine Chapel of Magnolia and White is being completed um, it, within the next eight weeks. <laughs> no, I don't know. I'm aiming to get it done by Tuesday, people. You know, no. You know me. You know me now. Procrastination Central. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to do that. Um, apart from the gig that was cancelled today, I had a nice gig on Wednesday night. Um, it was the first night. New nights are always a bit weird, uh, particularly when you're comparing them, because the audience may not have been to comedy before. The venue hasn't put on comedy before. I remember doing a charity do. At, um, the venue was a Baroque Bar in Northampton, so it's nice and local. So it's a nice local regular gig for me. Um and I'm comparing it, emceeing it, so it's always a bit, you know, I'm not exactly, you know, the, hey guys, how you doing guys? Oh, you're all looking lovely, it's great and wonderful to be here guys. Uh, I'm not that sort of MC. so um, you never know how people are going to take it, whether they're going to get on board or not. Luckily, they did um, get on board um, quite quickly, so... Um, First section was all right, and then second section, third section, and stuff like that. It um, uh, calmed down a little bit, and they got into it a little bit more. So, um, uh, yeah, so it went well. It was a good first night. There was a few um, few people there. Like, obviously, it's run by the Comedy Crate in Northampton, monopolizing the Northampton comedy scene. They got about three or four gigs, um, but uh, they all run, they always run like a really nice gig and it was well run. Um, so that sort of like takes the stress out of like emceeing and stuff. So you can just do your thing, get on stage and hopefully not fuck up the night. <laughs> and luckily it didn't happen that way. Um, but it was quite, um, it was quite like nice to see some people there. Simon Morgan was down there, Spike. Uh, a few others, Mike's misses, and um, a couple of the acts who I hadn't seen before. Uh, for a while, rather. For a while. I've seen them all before. Uh, Lindsay Santoro and uh, Josh Pugh I haven't seen for a while, and Alan Hudson. So it's nice to see those guys. And they all did a fucking cracking job. And it's looking like 
it's going to be a nice little regular monthly gig uh, to MC. Like, as long as they keep getting the audience back and the audience building, it'll be all right. You never know, man. Like, people get excited about the first night of a new gig and then everything drops off a bit. But the feedback's been quite good. Uh, I was ripping a couple. Uh, I got one of the best messages I've ever got after a gig. Um, this goes out to the Lego lady, um, uh, which is, um, uh, she contacted me through Instagram. I was basically, there was one couple who had been dating about a month and they hadn't actually done the deed yet. You know, I don't know what's going on with the youth of today, people. Everybody was banging into it in the 90s. Not, you know, it was the uh, it was the decade of love, man. And now everybody seems to be holding off and respecting each other's boundaries and shit like that, which is a good thing. But it leaves you in a no man's land of like not fucking for about a month or something like that. So uh, I was ribbing them a little bit because there was another couple who'd been bang on it after one night stand and straight into it. So uh, it was fun to sort of like play that, uh, play those off against each other. Um, that's the sort of MC I am, people. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just ripping the piss out of people. But um, I got a message from the lady from the couple, the new couple who hadn't done the deed yet, um, who sent me a message on um, Instagram just saying, uh, just wanted to say thanks, finally got some action last night after you crucified my new fella at Baroque. <laughs> I ain't going to lie to you. I fucking pissed myself when I, when I read that message. Um, fair play to you, me old booty. I mean, the geezer didn't look very happy at the time, but he's obviously stormed out of there and gone, right, we're going to fucking crack this, crack this fucking nut tonight. Come on, sweetheart, we're going home. We're going to get this thing sorted. So if we go to another comedy night, the MC can't take the piss out of us. But that was a fucking hilarious message, uh, from, uh, from that lady that night. So fair play to you. That's what I do as an MC, you see. If you've got problems with your relationship, I'll get that sorted out for you so you can crack through it and uh, and get on the bandwagon. You know, Ben Briggs, MC and fucking um, love maker. That's it. Love maker for other people, may I add. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. So, um, yeah, so that was quite good. Uh, it was quite a funny message. It made me fucking laugh. A lot. Um, so fair play to you out there. If they have a, if they have, a, if it leads to a child or anything like that, I want to be at least some sort of a godparent. Or um, no, actually, no, not a godparent. I, I haven't got the responsibility for that, to be honest. Maybe just a, just throw in a name. That's it. Just the middle name Briggs or something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'll leave it all up to you, people out there. Anyway, um, we have. Let's have a little look. Um, uh, let's have a look. We have, uh, we have questions. Peter Fox, comedy aficionado from the, uh, and famed for his Knott's Comedy Review website, um, has asked me a couple of questions, um, and said, uh, a couple of questions for your podcast. Here we go. Um, so I better answer these. You know, this is what I do, people. I play to the crowd, don't I? You know what I mean? Um, so the Fox has sent in a couple of questions, uh, that he wants to know. I think he's, um, broadening, trying to broaden out my character over the, uh, over the airwaves here. I don't know. Maybe he's just interested. That could be it. Um, but, um, one of the questions, what telly comedies did you love when you were growing up? Um, it's mainly sitcoms and shit, wasn't it? 
like when we were growing up, Peter, you know this, Peter, you're my age, I'm 42. You're around your 40s, isn't you? Something like that. You should be, anyway. <laughs> I don't know, man. It was like, you know, you had the regular stuff, didn't you, when you, we were coming up? Uh, when we were growing up, coming up, growing up. Uh, Only Fools and Horses, classic, wasn't it? Um, I used to watch that a lot. Uh, Porridge, you know, anything with Ronnie Barker in, really, uh, was amazing. He was just fucking amazing. I remember... Um, uh, the two Ronnies, I think it was two Ronnies sketch show or the, or the sketch show they used to do. I remember howling when I was a kid at the Phantom Raspberry Blower. Um, just, I don't know, I was into like silly comedies, I suppose, when I was younger. Um, Film-wise and that, I used to love the Naked Gun films. Used to love, love, love those. Any of those like spoof films and stuff, which is totally different from the sort of like comedy that I do. But I just used to love the ridiculousness of it. I used to love, enjoy watching a future murderer, O.J. Simpson, being funny on film. <laughs> That's what I used to get enjoyment out of. Uh, but I used to love that Leslie Nielsen. I, I loved the film Dragnet as well when I was younger. Um, the Naked Gun films, though, I used to love those. And the Airplanes. Um yeah, but sitcoms, sort of like TV comedies and stuff, was definitely stuff like Only Fools and Horses. It's a British classic. I was never really into Monty Python. I never used to watch it. I don't think it used to be on TV. You go, you go, you see, this is the difference. You're going back a few years. You're going back a few years to the 80s here. So you had four fucking channels, you know, one, two, three, and four. Didn't have a TV in our own room at that point when I was a kid. So you just used to end up watching what your parents watched, which was Only Fools and Horses, Porridge. I think I, I remember One Foot in the Grave as well, um, which has possible uh, links to, <laughs> to the way I am in life. Um, but I remember watching shit like Keeping Up Appearances. I think my mum used to watch Keeping Up Appearances, and um, that used to just frustrate me. It used to just fucking just I used to hate her so much, that character, because she was just pompous and fucking the only character I liked in that was Onslow, um, who was in uh, the royal family as well. Um, royal family. That was good. Um, yeah. Uh, but that was later on. I think that came around when I was in my teens and stuff. But like. Uh, yeah, there was the royal family and, um, uh, what was that fucking other one? Ah, oh, forget it. I don't know. There was one at Early Doors, was it? That was quite, I think that I used to watch that in my teens as well. And, um, yeah, but like when I was like, you know, young, young kid and that, it was definitely Only Fools and Horses, Porridge. Um, I can't really think of much else. One Foot in the Grave, I used to quite like, we, fucking Red Dwarf. Oh, yeah, I used to watch Red Dwarf like quite a lot when I was a kid. Uh, and then BBC Two always used to show The Fresh Prince, but I think I was in my teens then. Um, and The Cosby Show as well. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ. If we'd have only known, baby. Um, yeah, I used to watch The Cosby Show. I think Channel 4 used to do that. Mork and Mindy as well used to be on. Fucking hell, it's all flooding back to me now. Um, yeah, because after 6 o'clock, 
when the six o'clock news used to come on. Uh, like, it used to be like Grangeal, I think, used to be on about five o'clock. Um, there was John Craven's news round, then Grangeal, something like that, or Biker Grove. And then it used to be Neighbours, I think, um, used to be on about half five. So we watched that. Um, this was back in the day when Kyler Minogue was in it. Jason Donovan and fucking Guy Pierce and his little dog Bouncer. Um, but that that was... And then we'd immediately switch over to BBC Two because my mum would be, like, um, cooking dinner or something at about six o'clock. So we used to have the rain of the TV. And it was a TV. None of this fucking remote control shit. It had eight channels on the TV. Four of them were tuned in. Channel eight used to be for the video player. And... Um, it was a push-button, fucking wooden round the outside, sort of like almost curved screen on it. Um, yeah, it just used to have eight eight channel buttons on it. It used to have a button that used to turn that used to turn to the right click like that, and that used to switch it on. And then you'd get that fucking light in the middle, and then suddenly the screen had come come on. Here we go, nostalgia days. All the youngsters like uh, listening out there, going, "What the." F- fuck are you on about ben hey I'm like, peter fox is taking me hand in hand on a fucking walk down nostalgia uh nostalgia lane here um but yeah and then at six o'clock on a on bbc2 they always used to be something like the fresh prince or mork and mindy or fucking happy days used to be on channel four i think i used to watch happy days as well that can be vaguely classed as a comedy uh whereas a 40 year old guy used to hang around with a load of kids and that Ah, <laughs> oh dear. It was the 80s, people, wasn't it? It was the 80s. But, um, oh, that was the 60s, wasn't it? Uh, but, yeah, they're the, th- they're the sort of things I used to watch, Pete. I hope that answers your question, answers that question. Anyway, and uh, what else? What was the other question? What we got in? Earlier, you mentioned having Christmas rituals such as films you watch. Yes, I do. Casablanca and um, uh, fucking... Uh, uh, it's a Wonderful Life. Yeah, I watch those at Christmas. Do you have any uh, rituals about holidays? Going on holiday or other holidays? I have no Easter rituals, that's for sure. Or Diwali or anything like that. Or Eid. Um, I'm assuming you mean going on holiday. Not really. Not really. I always go with the rule, uh, going on holiday, tickets, money, passport. That's all you need. All you need. You don't even need that these days. You just need the fucking email on your phone. You don't need money because you've always got a credit card with you. You just need your passport. That's all you need. And no doubt that'll get digitalized at some point. Um, But uh, tickets, money, passport, everything else you can buy there. Um, With regards to other rituals, yeah, I've got fucking weird. um, I know you said holidays and that, but I've got fucking weird rituals before gigs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have to, I think I've spoke about this before. I have to check my fucking car door, uh, car doors, go around my car and check all the doors like three times. I know it's fucking mental. When I'm parking up in a garage or um, uh, a uh, multi-story car park, I'm just praying nobody is sitting in a car watching me because they're going to be watching me thinking you're a fucking lunatic. Um, I have to start and stop my stopwatch. Um and get it under 0.20 fucking uh, seconds. Uh, I have to start and stop that three times, and I need to do it three times in a row. It's always threes with me, man. 
That's it. I check my door when I leave the, the, the house three times. It's fucking... I don't know why that is. As if I don't check that. If I only check it twice, it's not going to be... It's, uh, it's somehow just going to come unlocked on its own. I don't know. I don't know what the three things is about either. I don't know about that. But there's various things I need to buy. Yeah. I have to buy a bottle of water, but I can't buy it from the front of the fucking thing. I have to buy the second one in. I know. Uh, yeah. Little shit like that. But that sets me up then. Like, if I think I've got that controlled, whatever shit's going to happen at the gig, I can control that. I can just... You know, there's no nagging doubts in the back of my head like I've I've left the fucking oven on or something like that because I know I've not left it on because I've checked it three times. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know, people. Uh, but, yeah, I have no real rituals with holidays and that. I always take a fucking uh, blanket with me and try and take a pillow, which I've re-bought this week. I've bought another pillow this week. And... Um, yeah, but that's just practical stuff, isn't it? Like on the plane and shit like that. I'll no doubt get up and need a pill. What I try to do when I go on holiday, I try to get that as tired, as tired as possible. I've got a gig the night before I go on holiday. So um, I'm going to stay up and then drive to Heathrow and then get to the airport. I've got an airport lounge to go to, uh, which I would thoroughly recommend people, by the way. Uh, an airport lounge paying like 30 quid for that so you got somewhere to sit and fucking have a drink and that before you get on the plane and um oh yeah rather than being in with the fucking cattle of just like trying to get a fucking seat like and then have screaming kids around you and shit but um yeah for 30 quid i'd fucking do that all all day every day man but um yeah i don't really have um any sort of like set sort of like rituals with regards to that um just practical stuff like you know like taking you know staying up i think is is a big thing but that's really a practical thing so i can sleep on the plane um you know just so i'm that fucking knackered and i can sleep anywhere that's the that's the fucking beautiful thing about um about me <laughs> <laughs> he says that is the beautiful thing about you ben you can fucking sleep anywhere um but um yeah i can i can fucking like my mum used to come in hoover in my room when i was a kid and i'd still be asleep i wouldn't wake up so um yeah i can sleep anywhere so i just put my fucking headphones in either listen to some music or some and fall asleep and the the aim is it's an eight hour flight to new york so the aim is just to fucking sleep as much as i did i remember i think going to chicago a couple of years ago i think i said this before and um possibly ben you're repeating yourself <laughs> and uh i um I, I just fucking got on the plane got on the runway i was that knackered that i woke up with like about half an hour to go in the flight and that was the best flight i've ever had i felt refreshed at the end of it i didn't have no jet lag nothing like that and i just felt lovely so, yeah, I hope that answers your questions, Pete. Fucking hell, I have gone on. We're on 19 minutes already. Jesus Christ. I've been on tangent upon tangent there. Uh, if anybody else would like to know any details about... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you've got any questions, just send them in, man. Send them in. Uh, what have I been up to this week? I've been watching, and I recommend this, people. I know. You've been watching documentaries, Ben. Again, Ben, that's not like you. Yeah, it is. I know. Yeah. 
I've been watching that. Uh, you've got to watch the Storyville. If you ever watch any documentary in your life, if you think, oh, documentaries aren't for me, man. I fucking hate learning shit and finding out about stuff, right? One documentary you have to watch before you fucking die, like the hundreds of people within that documentary did, is the uh, Story de- uh, Storyville Reverend Jim Jones. It's on BBC iPlayer. It's a two-parter, both of them about 80 minutes, and it's about, if you don't know who the Reverend Jim Jones was, he was basically like a fucking cult religious leader, like in the 70s in uh, in America. I think he started off in Ohio or Iowa or something like that, something like that, Iowa, one of them states. Anyway, and um, then set up a big church, had lots of political influence and stuff like that, and then... Everything he started fucking, you know what it's like. It starts off, a cult always starts off good, doesn't it? It always starts off great. Uh, People, uh, and he started off great on paper. It was fucking amazing. It was the People's Temple, and uh, it was called. uh, Google it and have a look at it. But um, every sort of like cult starts all right, doesn't it? Because they're obviously charismatic people and then they just go fucking mental. They just turn, don't they? Uh, but he started off and it was quite like multiracial. They were like, hey, man, we're all human beings. Skin colour doesn't matter, man. And you're thinking, sitting there watching it and going, well, this is how the world should be. And then it turns and then it turns and it always, it always takes the same fucking route, man. Ah, you can pitch your money on it. Any one of these cults, at what point does the guy say, hey, you guys shouldn't be having sex anymore, but I can still have sex. It's always the same thing. It was that fucking Bikram fucking yoga shit. It was uh, every other single fucking cult documentary I've watched. It's like that. And then they, uh, the heat gets too much, man, because they started beating people and shit like that. And then people were leaving and then... Dobbing him into the feds, man. So he uh, moved to Guyana uh, with about 900 of his followers. And that's when shit got real, baby. <laughs> he, the fucking geezer looks like Elvis. I tell you, he looks like fucking Elvis. And in the end, I won't ruin the documentary too much for you by telling you too much about it. But you've got to fucking watch it, man. In the end, they all end up uh, fucking killing themselves. Uh, with Value-Aid or Kool-Aid or some sort of cheap Kool-Aid or something. Not that I really know what Kool-Aid is because we don't get it over here. Um, But uh, I imagine it's a drink. They ended up killing themselves. They killed a fucking senator who went over there to check that they were all right. And then they uh, it was a fucking mass suicide cult. Uh, But the, the thing is with these mass suicide cults, nobody... Nobody really says. I know, like they were like murdered or whatever. Nobody says. Well, you know what? I don't think we ought to be doing this because it all comes from the leader, and nobody's there going. Uh, no, actually, uh, I, I, I pretty much want to live, and it's pretty horrendous. They killed the kids and shit like that first, and then fucking poisoned themselves, and then the guy was obviously he was the last one to go. He watched everybody else dying horrifically. Like, after being poisoned, decided to put a bullet in his brain instead. But um, nobody ever sort of, like, goes, uh, actually, Jim, you know what? Uh, maybe we shouldn't have killed that senator, but, you know, we're probably going to get a few years in prison. Maybe the people, there's 900 of us here. You know what I mean? 
only three or four are going to go to prison. What if we kill those four people and say we killed them because they killed the senator and then the rest of us are off? I don't know, man. Nobody ever says, <laughs> Nobody ever says that shit, do they? Uh, excuse me, I kind of want to live. I don't want... This took a fucking fast turn, didn't it? <laughs> From sort of like being visited by a senator, giving him something to eat, to killing that senator, and then we're all going to kill ourselves. Holy shit, this has been a fucking hell of a day. <laughs> Nobody writing their diary that morning was putting that in there. Uh, kill a senator, and then everybody kills themselves. Holy shit. Jesus Christ. They decided it in a couple of hours, I think, just to... But the fucking pictures of it, all the bodies lying around and shit like that. Jesus, man. I think they said it was like the biggest loss of life um, of Americans outside of wartime before 9-11. So that's how many. There was about 920-odd people, I think. Like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Um, And then I watched the Aaron, uh, Aaron, Aaron, ooh, Hernandez documentary. But I think I spoke spoke about that the other day. Uh, because I, I have just remembered um, that I spoke about the, the other day. But, yeah, that Storyville documentary is fucking, oh, fucking amazing, man. You've got to watch it. It's just fucking interesting when you see it, It's just a decline into insanity. And you, you can just watch, you know, all the pointers are there, man. He's fucking different people, you know, like he's getting more and more fucking mental. And, uh, yeah, you can just see it. He's, he's fucking addicted to drugs. He's taking more and more drugs, getting more and more paranoid. Ah, man. Fucking great. So paranoid that he's got to fucking wear sunglasses because his eyes are all over the place because he's fucking out of his head most of the time. <laughs> I don't know, people. Let's lighten this up. Talking about getting people on board into little cults. Ah, slick little segue into... Um, into a bit of advertising, people. We've got an advert. Holy shit. Have we got an advert? We've got an advert. We've got a sponsorship back on the podcast, people. So uh, let's read this uh, advert now. Uh, we all lose people we love in life. Friends, partners, parents, they are all going to die eventually. That sense of loss can leave us all feeling a little bit miffed or even a bit upset. That's where dead loved ones puppies can help. Dead loved ones puppies surgically reconstruct puppies' faces to look like the person you are grieving for to help you get through your selfish sense of loss. Their surgeons guarantee at least a 55% resemblance to your dead loved one with any puppy you choose or they might think about giving some of your money back. Why should ethics and morality get in the way of your grief when you can push that feeling to the back of your mind by replacing it with a cute dead person stroke puppy hybrid? Read Maria's story. This is Maria's story, people. I lost three members of my family in a freak ironing accident and I was distraught and didn't know how to carry on and wanted to kill myself immediately with the same iron. Then... Someone suggested dead loved one puppies, and now I have three shih tzus that look a little bit like my dead husband and two dead children. It's definitely given me a new lease of life, and if you squint a bit, the family photos are now pretty slim similar to how they used to be. For a limited time only, visit their website, uh, gravetowalkies.com, and enter promo code 
oh my god, grandma's just shit on the carpet and granddad's fucking my leg. That's oh my god, grandma's just shit on the carpet and granddad's fucking my leg. Uh, to get a free dog blanket and ten percent off your first order. That's dead loved ones puppies. That is the advertising done for this episode, people. What are we on? Fucking hell, we're cracking on with this today, aren't we? Hey, hey, back to our best, people. Back to our best. Um, let's have a look at the fucking shit that's been going on in the nude, new in the nude in the news. I kind of fucked up that reading a little bit as well. I was, I, I don't know, for some reason I'm losing my voice. I don't know. Uh, let's have a look. Let's have a look at uh, the headlines on this one. Here is a hell of a headline for you. Missing farmer eaten by his pigs who left nothing but his bones behind. Sounds gruesome and just the sort of thing that gets my interest. The farmer is feared to have been eaten by his own pigs after neighbours discovered human bones on land. Either that or they've eaten somebody else. Either way, it's a fucking horrendous story. Detectives say... The man in his 70s is believed to have been eaten at some point between New Year's Eve and January the 8th. Fucking hell. Jesus. By the pigs that roamed freely around his property. You think they ganged up or he died beforehand? Lubin District Prosecutor Magdalena... Surely they're not prosecuting the pigs for this. Magdalena Serafin told uh, Gazetta... Oh, fuck's sake. This has got to be Polish or something. I ain't reading that. The man who has not been named... um, uh, but he has been digested. <laughs> was last seen alive on December the 31st when he said, I'm just going out to fucking feed the pigs. They haven't been fed in days. Uh, no. Uh, was last seen on December the 31st at his farm in Lubin. Uh, here we go. Around 260 miles west of Warsaw in Poland. Holy shit. I got the old Polish thing right. The man who lived alone uh, was almost entirely eaten with just a few bones and skull fragments remaining. Fucking hell. Jesus Christ, the pigs look fucking awful. One of the pigs looks like fucking Boris Johnson. He's blonde. Uh, it was not immediately clear how the man died. Uh, no, I imagine not. Not when he's being picked out of fucking pig shit. I bet that's fucking difficult to track down how he actually died. Oh, he had a fucking brain hemorrhage. Uh, with officials suspecting either a heart attack or a fall. A neighbour called police after finding the bones while fetching water from a well next to the man's home on Wednesday last week. Fucking hell. Investigators expect it to be difficult to determine the exact... Don't keep pigs. This is... If you're an elderly person, if you're an elderly farmer, get rid of the fucking pigs because they're going to eat you. That is not the way I imagine he... When he bought those pigs, he thought, wow, I'm going to be eating these. Oh, I'm going to be eating these one. No, mate. <laughs> you are going to be lunch for them. An autopsy was scheduled for Monday uh, this week, and the findings are yet to be published. They found fucking pig shit all over his fucking skull. Uh, the farmer's animals will be examined by a vet to determine any further clues. Yeah, one of them's got a... F- fucking hell, Jesus. Who are they going to send in a fucking vet like Colombo? Uh, just to track down the clues for it. They fucking ate him. Uh, he obviously fucking must have killed over. The animals are not kept in a pen, but roam freely on the man's land. Fucking, According to Gazetta, the two large pigs and around a dozen piglets owned by the farmer will most likely be put to sleep. No shit. I don't think many people are going to want to eat that meat of pigs that have ate another human being. I'm a vegetarian, right? 
but even the biggest meat eater out there would be a bit suspect of eating that meat. Surely, hey, write in to see if you'd eat a pig that has eaten a human. That can be our uh, fucking question of the week. Would you eat a pig that's eaten a human being? Would you have a bacon sandwich made out of it? I bet there's blokes out there thinking, oh, of course I would. I'm fucking, I'm a geezer, or you fucking, you fucking love pig meat, don't you? We love a bit of fucking bacon. I don't give a shit, mate. I'll eat bacon, mate. Yeah. Uh, fucking hell, yeah. I don't know, man. That is a great, there are some, that, of one of the most grisly ways, the worst thing would be if he was actually had a stroke and he was on the floor and then the pigs come along and then just start nibbling at his toes, nibbling his nose off. It's like uh, that Hannibal Lecter film, isn't it? Uh, I forget which one it was. Red Dragon. Is that the one? I don't know. Is that the one, Red Dragon? I don't know. I'm not sure. Could be. I don't know. Red Dragon. Let's have a little Google of that. Red Dragon. I don't know. Red Dragon. Pig eating. Yeah, it is Red Dragon, isn't it? I'm sure it's Red Dragon. Uh, eaten alive by boars, yeah. Oh, no, Hannibal. Is it Hannibal? Hannibal. Which Hannibal movie has the pigs? Uh, novel Hannibal. Yeah, 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 that's it. We're almost close, weren't we? But that has got to be one of the worst. Oh, being If he was alive and being eaten, that would be worse. Because you'd be... The agony of those, and then the the, the, the fucking... You know, when they get a taste for blood and start, ah, oh, doesn't bear thinking about. You'd want to, you, you know, you'd want to go quick, wouldn't you? You want it to be like an instant heart attack and gone. You wouldn't want to be fucking sort of like semi-paralyzed, just crawling away as the pigs come over. And then the piglets start nibbling on your fingers and your toes. <laughs> oh, that's fucking brutal, man. That is a brutal way to die. And what better way? What better way to end this podcast than on that? Being eaten by pigs. <laughs> Being eaten by anything, to be honest. Isn't it? It's not just pigs. Being eaten by anything would be a brutal way to go. That's how most animals go, apart from human beings, isn't it? Most animals are eaten by something else. We must be the only animal on the planet that isn't eventually... Well, I suppose like we're either burnt or we get... It. Eat, eaten by, hey Ben, we do get eaten by bacteria and shit when we're, I know, but being fucking eaten alive, like most animals on the planet are, we seem to have skipped that, but this guy has taken us right back into the food chain, <laughs> from a farmer producing things to put into the food chain, he has become a part of it, and what better way to end this podcast than that, with that strange um, foodie juxtaposition that has just happened there. And what better do you expect than that? Uh, that is, people, episode 74 of the Ben Briggs podcast. If you do have any questions like the comedy aficionado and reviewing legend that is Peter Fox, um, you can message me at uh, podcast at benbriggs.co.uk or message the Ben Briggs podcast Facebook page. Uh, I will be back on Tuesday, people. Uh, Enjoy the rest of your weekend. I hope you have a good one, motherfuckers. Take care, and I'll speak to you on Tuesday.